0: Welcome to the Tuesday morning Bible study for North Coast United Methodist Church. My name is the pastor Michael Drew Davis and it is a blessing and a privilege to be able to celebrate with you for a few moments and uh, the scripture and and to kind of go through the reality of what it means to to be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to look at Acts chapter 2 And through looking at Acts chapter 2, we are going to deal with the reality of what it means to be in a symbiotic relationship with the Holy Spirit, walking side by side with the Holy Spirit, being in a relationship of co-importance, being in a relationship where an individual is inspired, driven because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. This last weekend was uh, May 31st, our last Sunday service, and it was Pentecost Sunday. And on Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the advocate who comes to the world to be the voice for us, to speak for us to God, to, to carry our prayers and our petitions, to speak to God himself, and to share our needs, our wants, our fears, and our desires the presence of the Holy Spirit, one coming to walk with us, within us, so that we can do powerful things within the life of the church. During this time of of quarantine, my my wife and I have been watching older TV shows, and and one that we we both equally enjoy, it's an old uh, Martin Sheen TV show called The West Wing. It it follows a Democratic White House underneath the leadership of President Jeb Bartlett. And as we're watching the show today, I began to think about what it means to reconstruct our idea in which that we give power to something and it becomes a leader, the more powerful thing, the one it takes control, the one it takes charge. And what it means to really work at being in a the symbiotic, working together relationship. There is this line they they uh, start to quote Ephesians chapter five, and it talks about what it means to be in this marriage relationship with God. And President Bartlett and his wife Abby are talking about a Sunday sermon that they had uh, just. Gone to that they're coming back to the White House following, and they're they're having this disagreement over what the pastor was saying. When the pastor shares the f- phrase to be subject to one another, to be subject to one another. If you listen to that phrase one way, there's uh, to 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 empower something else than to, to be subject to it. Also, if you listen to it, to be subject to one another. It is this challenge of being in this coexisting relationship. So what I want to do is we're going to move. I'm going to show you this clip from the West Wing, and we're going to come back to it, and we're going to talk about from Acts chapter 5 what it means to be subject to one another within the empowering voice of the advocate that is the Holy Spirit
1: writing it down. Bring it down. Good afternoon. Hi, Charlie. How was church? It, it was su- fine. Stop it. It sucked. <sighs> You're talking about church. Oh, like I'm not already going to hell. What was the problem? He feels the homily lacked panache. It did lack panache. It was a perfectly lovely homily on Ephesians 5, 21. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Yeah, she's skipping over the part that says, wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. I do skip over that part. Why? Because it's stupid. Okay. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by washing of water with the word that he might present the church to himself in something. In splendor. And I have no problem with Ephesians. And any time you want me to cleanse you with the washing of water, you know I'm up for it. Then what is your problem? Hackery. Oh. This guy was a hacker. He had a captive audience. And the way I know that is that I tried to tunnel out of there several times. He had an audience and he didn't know what to do with it. You want him to sing Valare? It couldn't have hurt. Words. Oh, words, when spoken out loud for the sake of performance, are music. They have rhythm and pitch and timber and volume. These are the properties of music. And music has the ability to find us and move us and lift us up in ways that literal meaning can't. Do you see? You! are an oratorical snob. Yes, I am, and God loves me for it. You said he was sending you to hell. For other stuff, not for this. You can't just trot out Ephesians, which he blew, by the way. It has nothing to do with husbands and wives. It's all of us. St. Paul begins the passage, be subject to one another out of reverence to Christ. Be subject to one another. In this day and age of 24-hour cable crap devoted to feeding the voyeuristic gluttony of an American public hooked on a bad soap opera that's passing itself off as important, don't you think you might be able to find some relevance in verse 21? How do we end the cycle? Be subject to one another. So, this is about you. No, it's not about me. Well, yes, it is about me, but tomorrow it'll be about somebody else. We'll watch Larry King and see who. All hacks off the stage right now. That's a national security order. I'm going to the residence. I'm taking a bath. I'm turning on Sinatra. How does Mrs. Sinatra feel about that? Peacefully with you. You make me egg-foo young. Good morning, Mr. President. You make me feel there are songs to be sung. He's Uh feisty. Please, don't ask him about church. No, I won't. I'm sorry, Mr. President, Melissa Mark. He died. Yeah. Okay. Oh damn. Charlie, can I see Leo? Yes, sir. She would have lost too much blood at the scene, Jack. She shouldn't have a chance. Yeah. All right. I'll be over in the residence. Gotta see Babish this afternoon. Okay.
0: So through. Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-one, it shares submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. The the phrasing in this clip from the West Wing, it's to be subject to one another. Submission being subject, it, it paints this picture of a power balance. If we are subject to another person's rule, another person's guidance, then we, we submit, we pull back, we, we allow that person to have power. Uh, to be the person that is the person is being subject to, it's a person who takes power, it's a person who, who holds power. And that's the way that President Bartlett is sharing this scripture at the beginning of this conversation from the West Wing. It's definitely one person in power, and another person responding to that person. And then he does eventually get to the end of the verse and, and, and resolves it. And it's the resolve of this conversation that I really want us to focus on today in our Bible study. He, he, he talks about what it means to be subject to one another. Again Ephesians chapter 5:21 says to be subject to one another as it is to, to be right in Christ. what does that mean to to be subject to one another? See when you look at it in one way and you look at the word subject, if you look at the word um, uh, to, to give over, I mean there there's a submission submit yourself to one another there's this there's this image of giving up balance and giving up power to something else but when you add in the phrase to one another uh, paul is s- suggesting to the church of ephesus well i mean what what it means to to work together to be symbiotic to to be the things that support each other and i want us to think about that because that's When we get into this imagery of of what is Pentecost, what is Pentecost? For years, before Pentecost, before the ascension of Jesus Christ, we had a focal point leader that we looked towards, that we had standing in front of us. Yes, I believe that Christ is still real and Christ still lives in my heart. Christ is still there. And... There's a difference because there's not this physical presence that's in front of of the followers anymore. And when Christ ascends to heaven and the Holy Spirit comes back, there becomes this necessity of having this symbiotic relationship with the Holy Spirit where we're not looking to take power, we're not looking to take strength. We are looking to be the ones that work together, that we become subject to one another within the bonds of the Holy Spirit. It's working together. It's making sure that whatever happens to the least of these, it happens to me. I want us to hold on to that idea as we talk about the reality that comes to the world through Pentecost. When we talk about the the existence of the Holy Spirit, it's not this Spirit that's telling us what to do. The Holy Spirit is this presence of Christ that exists in such a way that we are empowered to work with it and to go out in the world and do beautiful things. It's not the dictator saying do this or do that, but it is the partner that picks up where we stop Creates a wholeness within us so that we can go out and be representatives of love and grace to the greater world. I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think about the necessity of what it means to be in a part of a symbiotic relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'll share with you as a pastor, one of my greatest worries is to live within a church that says, well, the pastor said, so that's how it is. I have a great fear of that. I I don't want to become the focalized leader that whatever that person says is how it is. But my hope is to be subject to one another. I'm hoping to build a relationship where people are working together, doing things together. And yes, there's sometimes there's a vocal guide that comes along, and that's the voice of the pastor at times saying this is the vision that I see for the greater church. There's so many times that I've heard people proclaim the acknowledgement of the presence of the Holy Spirit being a voice that has pointed them in a way that they never dreamed. You know, without having that voice and that guidance, and the times that I have become subject to the Holy Spirit, I would not be where I'm at right now. And you know, when I started this journey to become a pastor, there were so many things in my life that said, You won't make it, you will not accomplish this. But. There was always a desire, there was always a drive, there was always this thing stirring in my soul that pushed me to work towards this place where I find myself now. And at the beginning of this, if I decided to listen to the doubts, I wouldn't be sitting here making this video right now. That's one of the points when you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, and you begin to think about what it means to be subject to one another. There's times that I give up the reality that I see in front of me because I know that there's something calling for me and stirring me and driving me to something better. And then there's the other end. It's when that the Holy Spirit becomes the fuel and the gas so that we can go out. And and I, I I will phrase it this way. I may not mean it, but I'll phrase it this way. I think it's when that the Holy Spirit becomes subject to the actions that we step out in as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ so that we can create this place of newness and hope for others. You know, it's, we get driven. We have to be the ones that take the steps. We've got to carry the grocery bags to the front porch. We've got to make the masks to leave as, as magical surprises for someone else. We have to be the people who pick up the phones and press the buttons to have the conversations that other people need in that moment. We, we have to do that. And in that moment, I really feel, especially if you look at this phrasing from Paul to the church of Ephesus, I think that those are the times that the Holy Spirit becomes subject to the actions of the people and empowers the people and gives them the strength that they need, that gives them the drive that they need. The Holy Spirit empowers those people to do the right things. I, I want us to think about that because literally I have I, I've seen the idea of this scripture so corrupted that it's only a scripture at times it's been used in the voice of power and that's scary. That's scary. I I feel that there's so many times within our our being that we're already weak, or we're already in these places that we feel incomplete, and I, I feel at times that when you hear this thing of becoming subject to, to something else, that an individual completely gives up their importance in the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're not called to be the ones that suffer and hurt all the time. We're calling to be the ones to step out and try to be the agents of change that produces opportunities for other people. I want us to think about what that means, especially, you know, right now, as we are watching the the response of not feeling heard, as we watch the protests, as we watch the individuals uh, stepping out to to reclaim their voice. I it's the it's the symbiotic relationship that there would be subject to one another, but you feel like that you're the only one that's giving things away, that you are the one that is constantly oppressed and there really does come a time that within those moments of frustration and, and fear that there's a snapback that that changes everything. And Sometimes you do whatever you have to do to be heard. It's a very scary place, and it's a it's a very scary thing when we lose what the scripture is talking about. It's it, it the scripture is talking about how having balanced relationships, and unfortunately, so many times we've looked at Ephesians chapter five twenty one, and we only understand that we have to be subject. to to someone else, but the scripture is calling us to be subject to one another. It's not just one person constantly giving away, and it's not always one person constantly suffering, but it's the times that we realize that we have to both give and give away so that we can be a functioning culture. That we can be a functioning community that cares for each other. You know, that's the whole image of Jesus Christ. And I, I want, it, I want it to make this really clear. You know, I've shared so many times, and right now I'm seeing this phrase differently than I ever have. There, there's so many times that I've pointed out the reality that God could have saved us from our sins by staying in heaven and snapping his fingers. I believe in that God. I believe in the God that has ultimate control and ultimate power in everything. But the whole imagery of Jesus Christ is God giving up to be human. To have the human experience. To give up ultimate power to walk with those suffering and sin and death. That's the gospel message of Jesus Christ and it's It's what I have observed for many years. People shouting from the mountaintops to experience and for so long not being heard that they get to the point that they have to be heard. That Jesus Christ being the image of God giving up power. God becoming subject to humanity so that he could walk with us, experience life with us, empower us. See, that's the deal. I, you know, I've said this for years to praise Jesus Christ, that God didn't have to put on flesh. He wanted to be with us. Well, I'll share with you right now, God could not have empowered us without putting on flesh and walking with us as Jesus Christ. If it was the story of the powerful God that stood in heaven and snapped his fingers and eradicated sin, then we don't have a part in that story. We don't have a place in what it means to care for the greater humanity because the human exist condition would have still con- existed. Adam and Eve would have still ate the apple. Death would have still existed. And everything from that moment from a God that is so high above Eradicating sin takes away the reality that we have a place where that we are important, that we can become a part of the story. That's what I love about the reality of Jesus Christ. The reality of Jesus Christ fits into the structure of Ephesians chapter 5, 21. Be subject to one another. God becomes subject to humanity by putting on flesh and becoming Jesus Christ. And everybody's getting mad at me for saying this, I'm going to support it with scripture right now. It's from Philippians 2.8. For God humbled himself, humbled himself to the image of man, even to the point of death, to death on the cross. Jesus Christ humbled himself to the image of man even to the point of death, to death on the cross. When we get to the crucifixion story, it's the biggest example of power being given away so that others can find their place in that power. When Jesus Christ suffers and dies on the cross, there was there's a moment in, in the prayer of Gethsemane. Let's, let's go through this. I want you to see this with me. There's a moment in the There's a moment in the conversation at Gethsemane where Jesus Christ is praying that last prayer before he's arrested, and he says, Father, take this cup from me. And then he says, Not my will, but your will be done. There's this point right there that exists that the story could have changed. There's a point there that this could have existed that. Christ didn't have to suffer and die. But looking at this phrasing from Paul in Ephesians became subject to death. Death on the cross. And through that death Christ gave power to all of those who follow. That's the reality of the Holy Spirit, but and it's the reality that it's the necessity that we all need to become the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. As we look at this reality of what it, what Pentecost is. I mean, if you look at the scripture in Acts chapter 2, you've got all these different people from all of these different cultural backgrounds all sitting together, and they understand each other. And they say, isn't this person from a Galilean? Isn't this person... From Philippi and they go through all these different cultural places aren't they speaking my language see within that idea we look at this idea of being subject to one another and what the Holy Spirit can actually do is the Holy Spirit brings understanding there's so many things in this world that we don't understand and we take our own places of understanding and try to shove those other places in our boxes. And then we become more confused and we become angry and we lash out. That's that's what I see as the need of the Holy Spirit. It's the one thing that can truly take understanding when we're truly taking the moment to stop and listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the stop and listen, and hear, and understand others in ways we never could have without the voice of the advocate whispering in our ear. See, that's the crucial part of of Pentecost for me, especially when I look at the scripture of Paul, to be subject to one another. Not subject to one thing, but the willingness to stop to let the Holy Spirit become the balancing point and let the Holy Spirit point the way in such a way that we find the coexisting relationship that we can share power with one another and make the world a much bigger and a more beautiful place I want you to think about all those things I want you to think about what it means not to be subject to something, but to be subject to one another. I want you to think about the way that God himself participated in that relationship and how God became subject so that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we would have a place that we are empowered to be the hands and feet of God's greater love. I want you to think about those things. That That's the Bible study for this week. So our closing questions is, what where do you see imbalance? Again, at the, the beginning of this video clip, President Bartlett is, is sharing the scripture in such a way that it, it creates a power structure. It says everything the wife is supposed to do for the husband. And then he he clears it up. He clears it up in Paul's language. It's not about that. It's about what we have to do for one another. Be subject to one another. Verse 21, be subject to one another. So the first question I want you to pray through is where do you see him balance? Uh, the second question I want you to pray for through is... What do we have to give up so that there can be a balanced relationship? What are the things that we have to give up? And again, the whole existence of the gospel story, God gave up a place in heaven and walked on earth in the fleshly form of Jesus Christ. And as it says in Philippians 2.8, he humbled himself to death. He took on the whole image of man and humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. Even death on a cross. So I want us to think about what we have to give up. And then, here's the third thing, and this is cool, this is the best part. If God was willing to do that for us, what is God trying to empower you to do? So we can... can, empower others by giving things up, but we can help others find empowerment by being these active agents of change and going out and caring and working for the betterment of the community. So in the in the being subject to one another, there comes times that we have to take the lead, the power, we have to hear that gospel call and onward Christian soldiers, here we go. Those moments happen. So your third prayer question is, what is the Holy Spirit calling you to be active to do? Hold on to those things. Thank you for being a part of this uh, discussion today. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis, and may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen.